I don't want pickles. Just want to ride a motorcycle. All right, so that gave it away that this is another remote recording here on Zencaster. This is the Nokomoto podcast coming to you from Moto One Podcast Studios North, Central, West, and Extra West, I guess. And secret, uh, yeah. And secret locations. This yeah. is episode number 114. I am your host, MotoGP. With me is your other host, Swiggy. Yep. I am your other host, Chunky Turdman. I'm your Chunky other Turdman. co-host. Thank that. Is that what it is? Is that what we're going with? Cup, the cup other, pass, Wiggins. Cup, I'm cup the pass, other other. Buddy. Our other other host. Okay, yeah. so let's see. On this one, I think we're going to start with our best worst bike, as we always do. I don't think we have any corrections or omissions this time. I don't know if we're going to do emails. Probably not. But we are going to do is have a discussion because the listeners demand it we just the last time we were all talking together just off the cuff we were talking about indian and harley flat track racing and all of a sudden people started emailing us saying well indians cheating with this heavier flywheel and (coughs) harley's cheating with their four valve head and blah 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 and i'll tell you what like people want this episode they want to hear from from us about what we really think about indian versus harley and flat track which is i didn't expect but we're going to give it to him. Ah. So I have read the AFT <laughs> rule book and we've got Wiggins here and that's the best we're going to do for expert opinion. <laughs> we're all fucked. If that's the best we can do, we're all fucked. <laughs> well, I, reading the rule book, there's some, there's some weird shit in there that I'm going to point out. There's a couple real funny things. Oh, there is. It, it's, Probably the only sport I know of where there's a weight limit on how heavy something can be. Um, yeah, that was well. There's a min. There's a min and max weight, right? Yeah, yeah. There's anyway, a max we'll, wheel weight, actually. Yeah, we'll we'll get to all that, but a lot of um, a lot of auto sports have that stuff, but it's like yeah, it's usually light though, not heavy. Because on pavement, yeah. heavy wheels don't do you any good. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. I can explain okay. it why it's a benefit, how it was exp- explained to me. We, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to get to that. What we should do first is get to best worst bike in the world this week and just get that out of the way. All right. So here's how this works. Each week, we each pick a different motorcycle, me and Swigs. We alternate who is best and worst bike in the world this week. We don't know what each other have chosen. It's always a surprise. It's really just a fun way to look at two different motorcycles that you might not normally take a second look at. So don't get upset. Don't go crying because there's no crying in motorcycles. Okay. Now, if you want to complain or whatever, make it constructive and send your emails to contact at nokomotopodcast.com. And with that, Swiggy, you have best bike in the world this week, right? Yes. Awesome. Are you ready to reveal it? I am. Okay. And the best bike in the world this week is? The Aprilia SRV 850. 
Okay. Why the silence? I like Caprellis. So quiet. We're all just no madly good. Oh, the scooter. Okay. Oh, I don't know if I like him that much. <laughs> this is, I forgot about I like this thing. <laughs> I, I like it better now. I forgot about this thing. Okay. Why is this thing better than a Bergman? Uh, okay. So if you're just trying to just make a statement, if you want to go even further than I'm willing to go with the Norge and the Futura, this is your best bet. So this is effectively a maxi scooter with the Aprilia Mana engine in it. This thing has 76 horsepower, like 54 foot-pounds of torque, the wheelbase is an inch longer than the Bergman executive. It's this is possibly the most ridiculous vehicle you've ever seen just because oh it also has the same wheels as the uh as the Bergman. Same size wheels. Like I don't know how you're going to effectively get that power to the ground and handle it with those tiny ass wheels. But Aprilia just decided to make it, and I think it's awesome. How many horsepower does it have? 76. Holy oh, God. Crap. It's an that L twin. That is like 12 more than the base. It <laughs> it's an L twin. Oh, it's not even okay. perpendicular or parallel. I mean, that's. All right, hold on. Now let's talk features. What kind of features have we got here? Because I'm, I mean, the the power. I'll have to say, as as a stupid scooter, we're already surpassing the Bergman 650. So I'm impressed. But if you really want to knock my socks off, we need some like, we need like Goldwing level features here. If this is going to surpass the Bergman, uh. Not a lot, actually. Um, I guess. I mean, it has ABS. That's that's kind of a feature, right? Are, are we counting that? I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, um, since this thing's from 2012, yes. In terms of Farkles, it has very little. Uh, what it does have is 41 millimeter forks. Okay, I'm, I'll count that. <laughs> uh, what have we got for storage? Um. You know, I don't even think there's that much storage under the seat because they had to fit the L twin in there. Um, right. <laughs> really, it's incredibly sparse on features for this class of bike. Are there rider modes or? Uh, I'm not sure if the newer ones do. Although the latest version I could find was the 2018, and that was still Euro three. Uh, so <laughs> I don't think they've invested a lot in it lately. This is like the motorcycle version of there's no such thing as bad publicity. Like you're going <laughs> to yeah. make a big statement with this when you show up, because from the way it looks, this is, this is a big offender in that deal where you're going down the road and you are 90% certain some dude is heading towards you on some crazy exotic super sport Sarah motorcycle, Sarah right? And then you get close enough to see that it's a scooter, right? This is the worst offender that's ever happened in that category. 
So, in a way, this is absolutely ridiculous and silly. And in another way, it's a total power move. And ultimately, what I've decided is this bike is the socks and sandals of motorcycling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, it's is it openly that broadcasting that, that you... That you don't give a fuck, but you're you're doing your own thing at the same time, and you're making a statement. Like it's, I feel like it's more like wearing three hundred dollar loafers with no socks. There's, I guess, there's an element of that. Whatever too. this costs, it's way more than a scooter should ever cost. Yes, yeah, and it's also fucking huge. That that seat is uh is 31 inches tall like this is a yeah. big scooter <laughs> hey, i'm seeing a picture of a dude standing next to it <laughs> that's good like this dude standing next to it like yeah the seat's like all the way like up to his junk as he's standing next to it like it's great <laughs> and i Clearly, like no one knew how to market this because every picture that I see of it is it just against some sort of nondescript background. Like no one really seems to have a great vision. Every marketing photo is just on white background or something. Oh, I just found one in the in the Italian flag livery. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, um, <laughs> now, wasn't there like a, uh, wasn't there another Aprilia scooter or a Jalera scooter or something that was like preceded this? Uh, uh, with like a single headlight? There are 150s and I think there are 250s as well. And there's a 50 that are all the well, SRVs. Aprilia makes totally a shit ton of Okay. Now, uh what what's our top speed on this thing? Um I'm not sure, but I'm going to I mean it's got to be somewhere similar to the Mana. In fact, it's probably got better aero than the Mana. So, like it's got to at least be in the 120s, like and then like 130s or 140s, like theoretical based on the gearing. Like it's got to be something silly like that. So is this not a where do you like find a, a tire that small that's speed rated for over 60, too? That's what I want to know. <laughs> oh, they uh, exist. I mean. I know. <laughs> you know, the BMW, uh, first to go backwards, yeah, this would be one of those ones that sneaks up on you, kind of like when you'd see a, a Bergman coming up and you think it's a dude on a sport bike. Now, this doesn't exactly have sport bike written all over the front of it, but it does not have sport bike written all over the front of it. And um, I've had people splitting lanes or coming up behind me and you look in the mirrors and you're like, oh, here comes like an SV or something. And then it's a freaking Bergman going by, right? Um, this one, yeah, this one kind of screams uh, sport bike. Are you, does it have a CVT tranny though? It looks like it does. Let me look at the... Yes, no, I it, does, it does have a CVT. Okay. Um, and it, it's a dry CVT for some reason. That's what she said. I'm looking at a picture of a dude riding one, 
And it's amazing <laughs> because of any Italian vehicle, this thing comes the closest to a straight up like Harley Cruiser, f- like feet <laughs> forward cruising position. Oh, okay. Weirdly enough, like the footwells go really far forward and they split like they do on a Bergman. So when you sit on this thing, like if you deleted the bike, you could like take the, you could cut the dude out of the picture and put them like onto like a, some soft tail. (laughs) And that just makes me think of like how like the Diavol is supposed to be a cruiser, but it isn't. I'm wondering like as a weird Italian bike trying to be a cruiser, like they say the Diavol is, is this weird scooter accomplishing that way better? The answer can only be found by doing one of two things. We all buy scooters and we have a scooter uh, showdown where we just scour the internet for people that have done what you're asking and see if there's <laughs> proof, of, proof of it. Do we need the Prilia SRV 850 versus, <laughs> versus BMW shootout? Oh, there you go. Sure. I was going to say versus the BMW C650 Sport or GT. Or we, should, uh, we should contact the AMA and find out if the SRV is eligible for the Twins Cup. Yeah. Production Twins? Oh, no. Fuck that. So, so you know at Laguna Seca how they at least want to do the... Uh, the, the, oh, the Bagger. The, the Bagger's bagger Championship? Fuck that. Well, no, they should keep the Bagger class, but they should do a Maxi Scooter class as well. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm sure. Dude, listen, I'm sure that ex- it exists somewhere else in the world, like Japan or something. I've seen uh, scooter yeah. racing, but not on that big of a scooter. Oh, they should totally have maxi scooter racing. I think they do. I swear, I've seen the Yamaha T Max racing like the Bergman or something like that in a in a Japanese championship. You know, I'm sure Japanese. They don't let, let it out what they do over there with these things, but I'm sure that there's a, a some sort of underground, um, you know, racing league. <laughs> there's probably a, some kind of Bozuzoku type thing for them over there. For sure. <laughs> okay, so I just found a photo of this with full uh, custom GV bags, like for the model. Um which is going to put it somewhere like the Bergman because I mean, it has its own set of GV bags. Come on. So we're up there with some add-ons at least you can, you can pimp one out like you can, like you can a Bergman. Uh, I'm back in this. I love the exhaust on this. If you can get a photo of the other side of it, which seems to be hard to find, like it's, no no scooter has any uh, business with like an exhaust like this like i know it's an l twin but why does it need a two into two exhaust like this (laughs) who's impressed like why does it need the heat shields oh we got a fifth host (laughs) say maxi scooters rule can you say Say maxi scooter <laughs> yeah. All right, come give me a hug. You skipped out on hug. 
Yeah, I, I, you know what? I would say the uh, Aprilia SRV850 over the Stelvio Pass with a hot dude behind you combing your hair. <laughs> I yeah. can see it happening. Well, since Swiggy picked the worst bike in the world this week. I guess no, that was the best, best one. Bike. I know that was that yeah, was, this is weird. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I could one hundred percent endorse this choice, but it is uh it is fun. Like the concept yes. of of the the eight fifty L twin. <laughs> I know. It may sound stupid, but I think that this might actually be one of the most fun things if you actually had one that you would be able to shred and not not be sad if it flew off a cliff, but at the same time have some of the best times of your life. You wouldn't have to shift. Well, that's around. every Aprilia, quite frankly. What, you don't care if it flies off a cliff, but it... Here's, here's a great justification for this being best bike in the world. I can't think of another bike like this that defines not fuck you money, but fuck me money. And what I mean by that is like, fuck you money is, Oh, okay. You bought a, uh, a Ducati, you know, 1299. Well, Hey, I just bought like, you know, an old Ducati Moto GP bike. Go fuck yourself. Right. You know, this thing's like, fuck you. I could just, you know, I'll, I'll buy the Ducati factory, whatever you want. Fuck me money is, I'm going to spend stupid money on a scooter and I might even look fucking stupid doing it, but you know what? It's fast and it's aggressive and it's super comfortable. And I'm going to like, just ride through the Alps buying every hotel I stay at because like I clearly, you know, value only what I want and fuck whatever (laughs) you think is cool. Right? Like somebody buys this because, they're the kind of person that wants a scooter, but they're just going balls out and, right. and it's to, and it might even be to their detriment, but you just give no fucks. If you have this right. machine, it's where you blur the line. You pass fuck you into fuck me. It's great. I see what you're doing there. Um, the one thing I would say too, is that one of the guys that does uh, track days that is a, is a trainer, um, I was talking to him at Willow Springs one time, and he had a BMW uh, C650 GT, I think it is. And he said he was railing that thing around the, the track, just you know, not even thinking about shifting, just having such a blast. And like you said, the arrow on it is crazy, and he's trail breaking it around the the course, just like having such a shit fest of fun on it, because you know, because it's a scooter, and nobody nobody uh, suspected that. This thing has 200 more cc's and it's an incredible fuck me moment while you're on it, right? You you you've got the fuck me money. <laughs> you you've crossed that line and you got 200 more cc's than somebody that that is a race instructor saying that, that was fun. I can only imagine this is even more fun. And if you drive it off a cliff, no one cares. Yeah, you've kind of solved the problem for yourself if you have. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, the spec sheets I there. I say the this as a feature of 
the 41 the 41 <laughs> millimeter inverted forks is beyond dumb <laughs> like, the double disc brakes up front like everything it checks all the list of things that should make a cool bike but <laughs> it's a prillia like and the styling on the front is not bad it you know if you could imagine this as a uh as a as a as a full motorcycle with with you know kind of mid to rear set pegs you'd be like damn like a prillia made a cool sport tour well it exists but, it's called the mana no right. no it's called the srv 850 <laughs> right anyway um, hey, I think I, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not going to do this, but I think I just might go and Photoshop every picture of a cruiser guy onto one of these things now and hang those up around my garage. You, you just like the out. Photoshop cruiser guys. <laughs> That's true. Put a bikini oh, on them. Throw them on the one of these that things. was in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're just now tuning into the Moto One Podcast Network show. We talked about backyard beers. Yeah, <laughs> found a backyard beer. And if you're okay. from Wisconsin, he's saying beer, not bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, are we ready to move to worst bike in the world this week? Please, because this is going to get can we get worse? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you have yeah. a challenge in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's check this out. All right. <laughs> While Pete's getting this ready, I say and you make up a new a new segment called "When the Worst Bike" or "When the Best Bike Goes Bad." <laughs> yeah, here we go. And the worst bike in the world this week is the Yamaha Striker. Agreed. <laughs> now, the Yamaha XVS thirteen hundred Striker. Only made from 2011 to 2012. This is another example of Yamaha having something that could have worked and just giving up on it. But in this case, it's a good thing that they gave up on it. This is the V-neck shirt of redneck culture. (laughs) It's, It's like a Honda Fury, but from Yamaha. Well, it's the well, Yamaha Raider with some different stuff on the front, basically. Yeah, I mean, that's the theory was the shadow. You'd yeah. think that. You'd think that it's just a cheap Raider, but it's not at all. It's It shares no components with the Raider. It's not even like just a spec-down version of the engine. It is in no way. It's a budget Raider. So... The Raider is actually an awesome bike. The Raider does everything that like a Harley breakout does, but it does it better and it does it cheaper. The The Raider is a 1900cc or 1.9 liter oh, air-cooled right. V-twin making 100 horsepower and like, I don't know, too much torque. It's belt drive. It's got a super long wheelbase. I think it has the same wheelbase and rake as a breakout, or it might be even just slightly longer, and it just tears ass. It's like the easiest bike to get the rear, the rear wheel to light up at stoplights, and... 
it's it, when they're all blacked out, they're super cool and you don't need to do anything to it to make it look all murdered and custom and cool. And this, and so it came Jesus, out, get a room. I know. Like, I'm not even like I'm a Harley or cruiser guy, but I'm like, you know what? I totally get the Raider. It's badass. You know, Yamaha wanted just a fucking giant ass air cooled. Fuck you. Horsepower bike. And they did it really well. And then we've got the 1300 striker. Now that's what it was. I was I was going to ask, wasn't it? Is that what it was? It was a 17 or 1300. It's been a while since I've, had seen one since they were only around for two years. Now the striker is the 1300, but the problem okay. is with the striker is, uh, wigs kind of got it. It's some sort, it's something like the Honda fury, except the thing that makes the Honda fury is a success is that it's a blank canvas, right? Yeah. But if you look at the striker, it's too much to actually customize it's too difficult like you can't really just use this frame because it's it's too complex of a frame the fury really is just an old school like 1950s style frame essentially that's what makes it work you can't really you have to spend a lot more money to customize the striker but on top of that the striker is one of the lamest looking motorcycles ever because they obviously put less money into developing this. It do, it sounds like a trivial thing, but on these, uh, if you look at the Raider, it's it's about ten years old, but it looks like something that Yamaha or Harley could be making today, except for maybe the weird looking mag front wheel with those weird spokes. But it's not too bad. The striker. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not looking at a picture of it. But were they the three spoke, like weird shape, like they had like a no, weird? Uh... No, it does. It does the the crawl like glaive thing. It's it's not. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's um, right. Okay. The striker does it as well. But the problem with the striker, as I said, is it's the V neck of redneck <laughs> culture. And what do I mean by that? Well, nothing looks as uncool as something that has just gone out of fashion right now i thought in like 2010 in 2010 you remember like girls were wearing those giant scarves puffed up around their necks everywhere and i was like what the fuck are you doing this is a ridiculous fashion trend but everyone just kind of went with it but you don't see anyone doing that now and if you do catch a girl doing it you're like Ugh, someone is behind the times right <laughs> like like hipsters were wearing v-neck shirts in 2000 yeah 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 v-necks and right? beanies was like the thing right Right, and then they just disappeared hard. You catch a guy wearing a V-neck now, and it's like for reals, dude. Like, like you need to set your way back machine for a little bit further. That's not you know, ten years ago does not get you retro cool. And the Yamaha Raider, like I said, they put enough money into the design of it. It's it's still sort of relevant. The Striker. Obviously, less money went in. It was more parts bin, and it is the definition of the of what rednecks wanted in 2011. Yeah. Right? It's almost the like overly, if you made a yeah, <laughs> like if you made a bike called the Kuryakin. 
Exactly. Yes. This bike could just be called the Kiriaki. Yeah. I was about to say that air filter cover. Oh, how lame is this ridiculous air filter cover? You know, everything about the little bullet turn signals are so 2011. Everything about it is just so cringy. Yeah, the flames on the tank, the factory paint flames on the tank, like that's uh, right. I remember that. Those those flames. That is two thousand. These tribal flames are the two thousand eleven version of a mullet. Like it's no good. I don't even. I think. Yeah, those were cool in like two thousand one. Right, and I so think late. like OCC Choppers was on TV at this point. You got to figure that this is what was also like, you know, getting ratings. Very on TV. tail end of that, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think this bike, if I remember correctly, uh, yeah, it was only out for like two or three years, and like the first year was like, eh. The next year, they're like, let's spice it up and put a bullet cow around the headlight and call it the Bullet Cow Edition, and like it was, it didn't help sales. <laughs> it was like, okay, never mind. Right. Now, as far as the specs go, it's nothing terrible, but they really tried to hide like the horsepower on this. The, in all the advertising copy, it's about the torque it makes. There's plenty of torque. Don't worry, guys. Plenty of torque. Plenty of torque. It's fine. There's plenty of torque. Well, um, in their defense, too, that's what Harley guys hear. Like, so if you're marketing towards those morons, all they give a shit about is torque. Because one, Harleys don't make torque or don't make horsepower. So no one like they're not used to that number. So in an advertising thing, they're like, just tell them torque, tell them torque. Because they thought they'd probably get some Harley guys over. Yeah, but this is also missing the mark in that it's not enough of a clone to pry the badge off, which is what every guy who would have bought this would have done. Yeah. You know what? Let's stop and think about this, too. It's a terrible bike, and I I will not say that this is not worst bike in the world. But at this time, (laughs) I want to say that I'm pretty sure – I'm not 100% sure about the year range. Oops, sorry about the dog. But I think this is maybe right around the time where Harley also had the Rocker and the Rocker C – Yes, and like the they were trying to do this weird like all the companies were trying to do this. But the Rocker and the Fury were also behind the times. That's the thing. They were all of them were just out. You know the that part of the chopper scene was dead um, and not cool at that time. And then all of a sudden, this bike and the Fury and the Rocker hit the market, and everyone's like, "Oh, cool guys, this is this is nice." So yeah, like Yamaha has a thing about copying Harley. And unfortunately, Harley's a little behind the times or specific to the redneck trend. Especially when they're doing that. Yeah. And when Yamaha copies them, they're like a whole production cycle behind, which means like five years. And so, yeah, yeah, this is a tragedy, a Yamaha tragedy. Imagine um, Valentino Rossi getting one of these. They're like, here, for (laughs) winning whatever race back in 2011, here you go. Here's here's a a, um, striker. And they spell it wrong, you know, like it's a terrible. Yeah, it spells it a lot. It's spelled like an 80s action figure, you know, like Striker. Worst bike in the world this week. In personality to me, this motorcycle, if you take like the the Harley Fat Boy that uh, Arnold was riding in T2, I mean, that's a cool bike, but weirdly the personality of that bike is a guy that 
seems sort of okay, but if you have enough beers with him at the bar, eventually he drops an end bomb and like doesn't <laughs> oh, yeah. think anything about it, right? <laughs> you know who buys this? One? There's that What's group that? of rednecks that all ride dirt bikes, and when they all go buy a Harley's, their one buddy with a quad went and bought this. <laughs> maybe yeah it's it's fucking weird and i don't get it like i get the raider and i get that they wanted a budget bike but they should have done something more like honda did with the fury because it, it, because the fury is bad as it is at least it's a blank canvas and it's super easy to chop up whereas this is too much going on too much and of course like Ugh, uh, this is one of the worst radiators of all time as well. And look how deep they put in the fake air cooling on it as well to really go for that air cooled look. Oh yeah. That's what the striker looked like. Yeah, that was, they were pretty crummy. I, I couldn't know. remember I'm what they looked like. Yeah. They're pretty, pretty awful. I would drive my, or ride my Aprilia SRV 850 loaded with dynamite and C4 into the side of one of these just to get this, just to get it off the streets. Ruin my perfectly good scooter to mangle. And that handlebar riser, can we all get on the same page that those handlebar risers are motorcycles ear gauges? Oh. Hey, wait. You. You might have hardly people listening to this. You might want to start backing off, bro. <laughs> so oh, you straight like up, you don't like tall these risers? handle. No, no it, it, it looks as right. bad to me. Those risers, uh, it looks like fucking gauged ears to me now. I was, like, I, can't I, I would have said, uh, I would have said nose ring, but it, yeah, it's it's not a great look. Is but there a worse risers? Are different too. They're a lot of they're swoopied, they're swooped back. But I don't mean like the the nose ring like through one side. It's like like the cow nose ring type, like straight through the septum. Oh like yeah, every, every like every suicide girl has. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, mechanically, like as a machine, nothing really wrong with this bike. I'm sure it's pleasurable to ride. I'm sure it's reliable. I'm sure. It, it makes you look cool to the right people. Uh, you know, it, it does. And I'm sure you can get one for a great price and the performance is going to be fine. You know, I'm never going to tell you that a 1.3 liter is not enough. Right. And, and all those things, but just stylistically like, oh, I can't. I mean, even the seat looks horrible to me. The seat looks as bad as the seat off the new uh, BMW R18. Like, it's that cringy. Yeah. And and then, like, the weird little, like, sort of tribal-ish, the weird tribal stitching in the seat as well. What the fuck is up with that? Like, ugh. I can't do it. I can't do it, you know? Um, ugh. If someone gave me one of these, I'd have to I'd have to strip it down so much and spend as much as the bike is worth on just de-douching it. <laughs> well, it's not possible. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the 
aside from the rocker, there was a Harley out at the time that I swear it was like, it might've been the like wide glide or some, one of the glides that this thing is ripping off. I just can't think of what it is right now, but it had, they had at this exact same t moment in time, Harley Davidson had like every single custom seat had like a scorpion stitched in it and a flame. I'm telling you, this is a zeitgeist. This, 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 uh, motorcycle is literally like, uh, a look back in time. This is a snapshot of what was happening in the custom world and Yamaha did it poorly. But I think if, I think if you use this canary in the coal mine and go backward, you'll find that a lot of people are doing it just as bad. This one just happened to stick out to you this week. You know, you could take that style of work. You could take that style. And for me, it's, you know, you could, you could just swap out all of the graphics with like Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And I don't know if I could tell you the difference. It's, yeah, it's something that like really just has not aged well at all. Uh, this is the uh, Christina Applegate of motorcycles. The dude that wear that rides this motorcycle is one hundred percent always. He only owns two different T-shirts, and they're both that reflective rayon. And one is like a bowling shirt with the flames up the sides, and the other is like the blue rayon shirt with like the dragons. In, in embroidered stitching coming up the sides. You know what I'm and talking he may have about? Been married to Joe Exotic too. Yeah. Right. And one of them, one of them changes color when you put heat like your hand on it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Those heat, oh, those like no. temperature sensitive shirts. Oh no, no. Th this dude also he he still has it. It's it's been washed a few many times, but he's still got that T-shirt where the the middle finger on the back of it made out of dots, so it looks blurry. Remember those from the nineties? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or, or he's got the the beer shirt that says "I'm not as think as you drunk I am" and the fuzzy letters. Yeah. He's got that shirt as well. This dude totally has that shirt. He's 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 a little bit too young to have a Looney Tunes shirt, but he's old enough to have the middle finger blurry shirt. And a Taz it's, tattoo somewhere on his hip. So he, even so, the Taz tattoo, he's probably a bit young for, but, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I hope Christina Applegate calls you with some hate mail so you can give me her email address. Cause I just said that. So she'd get in contact with me, by the way, you can edit that out. Okay. So I kind of feel bad like for saying something about a Yamaha cuz I like Yamaha but um I think I think we've said about all there is to say about the striker. Yeah, you were but look. you were just about to go on a first date with the Raider and then like you decided to slam the striker. I was The was Raider is badass. I would have the Raider. I would have the I might even have the Raider over a Harley Breakout. But I don't, I can't do the striker. I can't do it. So there we go. So yeah, Yamaha striker, worst bike in the world this week, but still better than a car. And best so, name for an action figure. <laughs> striker. Yeah. Striker is even a lay Mortal Kombat character. All right. Now let's go to <laughs> our, our topic for the week, which is people really want to get into, um, 
Harley versus fake Indian uh, flat track racing. Now, Wiggins, that we we need your help here because I've been going through the rule book, and uh-huh. people have been writing into us, and we got to get to the bottom of this. And I've got some theories about what the fuck is happening. Not so much this year, but last year or whatever. Right. So the first thing was that someone emailed us going on about how Indian supposedly has this super heavy flywheel that no one else has that evens out power. And this is one of the little like, uh, ingredients in their special sauce to dominate flat track. Right. Okay. So I went reading through the rule book, which is not all that dense. It's about 64 pages and it's pretty detailed. There's like a page and a half just on how your number has to be displayed. Like what kind of font weight it has to be. You have a choice of two fonts. The plates got to be 12 inches by 12 inches. The whites got to be within some sort of like shade range or something. It's all, it's all in there, right? All the things, the tires you have to use. So I get down to the engine specs Mm -hmm. and it basically comes down to, if it's a race only engine, you have a lot more restrictions, but it's a race only engine, right? So of course it's going to be made with all the badass shit to begin with. Now, if you've got a production engine, uh, you can change the bore and the stroke. You can, ch- but uh, basically the only thing you're not allowed to change as it seems is the crankcase, and you're not allowed to change the firing order. Cause I, I, I in, in all of this, I did not know about twingles, which is fucking hilarious yeah. reading about oh, that that's shit. A, that's an old, old deal. So there's a theory in flat track, the big bang theory that if, and it's actually, it goes back further. I know Honda did this way back in the day with some two strokes. They were having trouble getting the tire to hook up. So they basically went, I want to say from like a V twin to a parallel, or maybe it was already a parallel. So instead of firing at 180, they ran like a common crank pin. So the two stroke would fire together, like two single, like a single basically. Right. And it lets the tire hook up for a millisecond. So right. that's why you can't change. And of course the Cowie, um, that they use is basically a Ninja 650 motor. There's some cruisers that came in. They yep. bore it and stroke it. Um, but being that it's a pavement bike and Kawasaki doesn't give a fuck about flat track, they fire 180. So it makes it a smooth riding motor. Well, the reason the XR650 did so well is because it's a fucking tractor and it's not smooth. And the theory is that transfers well to the dirt. So that's the twingle thing. And it, that goes back to like, the XS 650s back in the day, they would do that uh-huh. um, to make them like a Triumph. Because I believe Triumphs were shittier. You know, they're basically the European Harley. Um, but it worked well on the dirt. The Japanese improved it for horsepower and, and being smooth. So people were changing them to how they fired to kind of uh, make them a little better. But So that's the twingle thing. I believe in the production twins class, you have to run the stock cylinder head casting. You can port and polish it. But I believe right. it's supposed to be the stock one. However, yeah, all your castings have to be the same. Yes. However, there are numerous pictures of um, Gutier last year on the 122 bike racing without stock Harley Davidson heads. Um, and it actually I became a, a big thing because they didn't even make them look stock and everyone knew it. You know, they knew they had heads because of the, the race twin bike, whatever they're calling it, the premier twins. 
So it, it looked like the old Premier Twin heads. Like when the first year they were out, it looked like that's what they threw on it. And it's like, you know, okay. if the rules are the rules, you know, whether Terry Vance and Harley have a lot of money should not affect what the rule book says. Or, you know, yeah, you can run heads, but everyone's allowed to run heads. Okay. So in terms of what you totally are allowed to change, you mm-hmm. can put in different valves, valve springs, whatever. You can change the whole valve train. You can do yeah. different camshafts, different profiles, all of that. You can have, you can uh, change the fucking crankshaft as long, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, you could do rods. You can do, like I said, bore and stroke. You can do different cylinder linings. And in the rule book, it specifically says you can even add or remove weights or material from anything inside the crankcase. I believe so. Now, um, now and, I mean, it there is yeah. a rule that they've got in there that says, you know, there, well, there's a little star to all this when you read the rule book that says, however, if you need to replace any parts that are not stock, you can replace them with parts, you know, that are, you know, like a crankcase or whatever parts that are the same as the originals. They don't have to be OEM, but they have to be identical to OEM, you know, in order to save money. Or if you want to replace a part with a custom part that you've made, you can do that to save money. And then on top of all that, if you need a special custom part, they'll just approve it on a case-by-case basis. And then the list of parts that they've approved, this is like a Douglas Adams situation. They're like, okay. They're going to say, okay, all these custom parts that we've approved will post up all those parts that we've approved. But it's like on the AMA website, like 10 menus deep, they don't give a link to it. They just said it's listed, uh, you know, with this somewhere on the site. I went looking for a few minutes. I'll admit I'd had a couple beers, but I didn't find it. Like they're not real cool about you going and looking for that list of shit that they've made special exceptions for. My theory, my theory on the Indian flywheel is that it would have been totally legal for them to take their flywheel, add weight to it, but they probably just went to them and said, Hey, this concept of taking our wheel and like adding material to it is ridiculous. Can we just make a different flywheel since we're allowed to modify anything in the crankcase anyway? And they just said, go for it. The idea with changing weight on the flywheel so easily, the issue that they were talking about with Indian was when Indian designed the motor. So it's a known fact in flat track that a heavy flywheel is fast. Um, Horsepower is, well, this is known to everyone except Terry Vance. Now that I don't work there, (laughs) fuck him. It's the truth though. It's it's 100% the truth. Tell me why they haven't won a race in three years. They're making 20 more horsepower than Jared Meese. 10 on a bad But it's not about power. It's about hooking up. It's not. It's not about power. So, and to give you another example, my Jawa, which Speedway bikes ride a little different, but my Jawa has a 27-pound flywheel. I believe my Sportster's 19 pounds for the crank. Not really a separate flywheel, but on the crank itself, a 30, almost 30-pound crank on a 500cc single. Um, It's so much about taming the power out of the corner to get you that traction. That's why there's actually... I would think not only that, but, you know, 
a crank is essentially a physical battery. Like it's going to smooth everything out. Yeah. That should be obvious. Yeah. One of the tricks that I used for a long time was I ran a stock CV carb on my hooligan bike because on a slick track and on a, a track where that required low horsepower, basically the CV was a nice and smooth throttle. So it would basically help smooth out my throttle hand. And again, since I've ridden speedway bikes, I'm a little better on the throttle hand than a lot of the guys. I've actually had a guy tell me one time I wasn't. And I was like, you've seen me ride a Jawa. And he was like, oh yeah. But cause that's how you ride that motorcycle. There are no brakes. So everything's with the throttle. Um, but what Indian did was when they designed the flywheel, I believe it was more the charging flywheel, but I'm not hundred percent sure. I don't think it was the crank though. Cause you can't just get to that. So you could pull the side case off, have the charging side flywheel which is probably just an ignition on that bike. I doubt it charges anything. And you can take weight on and off very easily. They designed that into the motor when they designed the motor because they designed that motor to go racing. Harley slash Vance and Hines, Harley sent V&H, you know, a motor that was not designed for racing whatsoever. It said, hey, make it work. And again, they think horsepower wins flat track races. So I think they, um, you know, they probably never looked at the flywheel to say, Hey, could we add and subtract weight off this thing very easily? I, I a point of fact, the first year that, um, Vanderkoy was on the Harley, it would have been the second year that that bike was out after Coolbeth quit. Um, so Coolbeth, it was Atlanta when, um, Jared Meese got disqualified. The second race of the year would have been 2018, I believe maybe 17. And, um, yeah, it would have been 17. And, I think anyway, whatever Vanderkoy was doing very good. The first three races of the season and got told, you know, they put the bike on the dyno and it was down on horsepower. They told him to take the flywheel weight off of it because it was affecting the horsepower. He immediately went to the back of the pack. That's what flywheel weight does to a flat track bike. Same with the rear wheel. Um, that doesn't make any sense. Why? The, that taking that the flywheel weight was affecting the horsepower. Like once it's up to speed. <clears throat> yeah, well, so you're right. On a on a chassis dyno, it might not affect horsepower, but maybe it affects how quickly it accelerates. You know, because even though it's giving you a physical number of horsepower, it could probably tell you how quickly it gets there. Yeah, it's going it's it to affect from, the curve. Yeah, right, from 2,000 RPM to 8,000 RPM or whatever it is, right? So maybe that curve uh, changed. Yeah. So I don't know why. I mean, it, what doesn't make sense is when you had three of the best riders in the paddock with some really good mechanics and you never listen to a word they say. That's what didn't make sense. But that's, you know, hearsay and Harley still foot in the okay. bill for Vance and Hines now, to lose Now, races. in the dynamic between Harley and Indian, stop me mm-hmm. at any point that I'm incorrect. It seems to me that there's two very different philosophies that the companies, that the manufacturers are bringing to the series. One is... Indian is going, hey, uh, or sorry, fake Indian is going, hey, let's do, let's, let's commit legacy fraud on an unprecedented level and create a new batch of riders and call them the wrecking crew, just like real Indian did in the 50s or the 40s or whatever, right? Let's rape this legacy for all it's fucking worth. And yeah. let's create a, let's create a professional team with works production bikes 
and you know factory riders all this shit and harley is kind of for the most part going well we built a four valve motor that should be good for this let's not invest so much in it and just hope like kind of like yamaha does for road racing let's build a platform that we hope is the most friendly platform for people to come into the sport for and maybe someone else with a lot of money will build out the motor to a level we're not willing to do ourselves all right so that was a long thing so let me see if i can get through it so first what indian did that was different was you're you're correct they designed a motor from the ground up to go flat track racing. I believe actually they went to Audi, if I'm not mistaken. Saab. Saab. Saab, Saab doesn't exist. Well, Saab, it was a Saab, Saab partnership with some of the Saab engineers. They were right. So, and, and they knew a lot about, you know, obviously with the flywheel weight and stuff like that, and it's a tighter degree, you know, the old XR is a 45 degree still, and that seems to work. Um, so, you know, they really took some knowledge they knew of, of the quote unquote black magic side of it and designed that into the motor. They said, Hey, this is supposedly what works. And you know, I got professional flat track buddies, mostly Carver, but still who will say, yeah, this works or this doesn't, but it's not like a proven thing on paper that anyone can mathematically calculate out. It's just guys let's, like, let's also like make it clear for the listeners that the bike they're racing is not the FTR 1200. No, it's no, the FTR seven fifty that actually, right. in a long roundabout way, the twelve hundred was based loosely off of. The original prototype right. was based really closely off of. Um, yes. Just, just so yeah. people know, the FTR twelve hundred yeah. isn't really a flat track bike. It's no, sort of flat no, no. track styled ish. It's, it's a street tracker, heavily based on street. And honestly, for a production bike, it's. I think I said it on the show a couple of weeks ago. I love it. I think it's fucking great. Um, yeah. So who the FTR 750 who knew the was Ninja was the flat track bike, though. You know, like who knew yeah. that Ninja 650 was a flat tracker? Yeah, I mean, well, and the thing with flat track is it's and in a way FTR like NASCAR, 7. in a way like sprint cars. The motor is the only thing that comes from a Ninja 650. Nothing mm-hmm. else does. The oh, only the bike actually that is a hundred percent you can walk in and buy together is that Indian. And honestly, I believe SNS did all the frames. Um, So what happened was Indian started at the beginning of the process, building a race bike. So there was, they had a leg up. Now they could have totally missed their mark. Obviously they didn't, but they could have. Um, And then they did hire three of the best riders at the time to be the wrecking crew. No doubt about it. You want to know a tidbit though? Jared Meese wanted to ride a fucking Harley and Harley drug their ass drug just fucking never did it and he told indian indian offered him a ride and he said man i still want to ride for harley and indian offered and he turned him he just said i can't do it yet i can't do it yet and he kept calling harley like guys i want to ride for you you know this at this point um hey you're talking about right now you're talking about before indian came in Indian yeah, this was, was developing that bike. And yeah, this bike there. did not he was exist. Finished, now, yeah, however, he was finishing the series as a Harley uh, <coughs> rider, as, as a, an Indian development rider on the on the off weekends. Yeah, as a he actually rode for Las Vegas Harley Davidson. There were he was not a factory Harley rider. Brad Baker was the only one at the time. And then actually, um, this is something too that we've had. It was funny. I've been in meetings at Vance and Hines where they 
like acted like this didn't happen. Davis Fisher was the first factory rider on an XG750. Yeah. To yeah. actually go racing on it. Yeah. So I thought he was going to be like a development rider too. And then he just like, uh, yeah, his, <laughs> you know? his issue was he's a young, talented rider and he wanted a bike that was going to do well. It got him hurt a couple times. It blew up a bunch. And when you're dealing with uh, an ego like Terry Vance, there were a lot of issues there. Brad Baker had the same issues. You know, there's a lot of smoke blowing and blowing up. I got to jump in for a second. I think what might not be obvious to listeners right now is Indian is running a race engine and Harley's running a production engine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with that. Oh no. I I really, there's there's probably two part numbers in that Harley. That's a production engine, but based on the rules, under the rules, no, under the rules, I'm not saying it matters on the track. I'm saying it matters for the rules and it matters for the money. Because actually, Indian, so here's, as you said, here's built a, a race motor from the too. ground up. Harley's got a production motor that they're that they're bringing in, and yes, that motor no. could be as it, shitty as the one you buy off the floor, or as pimped out right. as they want to make it, depending on the money. Whereas the Indian engine is always pimp. Okay, yeah. yeah. So let's start. So yeah. yeah, you're right. So Indian developed an, an engine, and then they also hired Corey Texer and Jared Meese, who was had won the championship the three years previous to be a development rider. So Jared was riding racing on a Harley going and developing this bike because he found a loophole in his contract, I guess, and developing this bike with Indian. And again, he didn't want to ride for Indian that next year. I have it on someone who he told directly who's not Carver to, just to get him out of the out of the trouble, but where he wanted to ride Harley and they drug their feet. So yes, Indian and, it, you know, Brad was probably the same way. I know Baker was having trouble with the inside mechanic on his XR750s. He was having problems. The guy would work on him in Milwaukee. He wouldn't be at the track. It was a weird dynamic. And, you know, a lot of those racers, they grew up watching Harley win. They grew up watching XR750s. But they're at the core of it, they're racers. And they don't give a fuck what it says on the tank. They're out there to win a race. So... Indian basically pushed Baker away. They got Brian Smith, who just won on the Cowie, and they had Jared Meese, and they actually set up two teams. So they did their little wrecking crew thing. They got three good riders. They had SNS do the frames, but I'm uh, judging by how the bike performed and who they had develop it, they didn't just throw darts at a wall and put something together that they thought would work. They got people that knew what to do to make shit work. You know, um, so Indian did it that way with that mindset. What Harley did, you're not a hundred percent right, but in one way you are. Harley took the 750 CC made in India for the Indian market production four valve motor. They took it to Vance and Hines, who by the way, according to Vance and Hines wins a drag race every weekend on a Harley. It's not a Harley, but it says Harley on it. And they said, Hey, we want this thing to win. So a couple problems with that is they win drag racing. And if I'm not mistaken, Byron Hines does not give a fuck about flat track. The first three years and uh, 2020 would be the fourth year, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The first three years was a $14 million contract. Harley Davidson paid Vance and Hines to here's all the parts you need, but build these motors, build these frames, buy all the parts, you know, have the race haulers, pay the riders, do all that. Here's $14 million to run our program for the next three years. Some of the problems they've had was obviously reliability, but the, 
the premier twin 750s just never they've probably led three or four laps of a race you know um yeah i they, i got they, somebody in i got somebody into flat track racing like at the end of 2015 and definitely into 16 and in 17 they were watching when indian came in and they were pissed that Indian like won everything that year. And those three <laughs> riders swept many, many podiums. Like the the wrecking crew was on top of the podium that whole year almost. If I'm not mistaken, toward the end. It was like they, the first they, four races or five races or maybe more. It was all three of them, yeah. One, two, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did for sure. And that was in seventeen. The only two races I know of that a Harley Davidson won were the Texas Half Mile and X Games, which technically doesn't count. And those were XRs, not XGs. And those right? were very true. They were XRs, not XGs. Uh, Jeffrey Carver may be the last person in history to win a race on an XR750 ever. Because um, that was Texas. He won on an XR. And then he actually came out to Paris and got held up in lap tra- lapped traffic. Or not lap, sorry. Just a shitty track. And um, still set fastest lap time and was catching Meese once he got around the, the slow, or not slow yeah. guys, but the choo-choo so- train. Every time I hear this, it just sounds insane to me that you would out as an actual manufacturer that you would outsource development of your racing division. Well, here's the thing with drag racing. They've been successful. And I mean, think of think of Formula One, right? Think of a lot of racing. Um, You had how many Ford Cosworth stuff? How much stuff has uh, Lola won? Um, Lotus. Well, that's that's true, but when you look at that sort of formula racing, like everything is prototype. Yeah. But when you're talking about bikes and Well, you know, we're talking about the prototype class. We're talking about the Premier Twins. That's not a production class. Well, in a lot of ways yeah, it but is. Yeah, Hartley's running a, a production engine in it. Loose, very, very loosely. Again, they start they did, however, start with a motor that was a production base. You're right. But are they can putting I, enough I, money into it? Well, money, right. yes. Are they putting enough brains into it? Probably not. So, hey, can we go back Again, to the you 1980s? Have a guy, those Harleys make 115 horse on a chassis dyno. I know for a fact Jared, uh, a bone stock Indian, makes 93, and Jared Mises makes 95, 96. And they, they will vary weekend to weekend, but that's the high point. And the Harleys making 115. So why even on a too. mile are they not just leaving everyone? Let's go but, back I mean, to the 1980s too, real quick. And Wigs, you'll you'll the XR I got my Varnay shirt on and my Oakleys, and my mullet is in full effect. I got a little bit of peach fuzz on my top lip, and we're I'm part of the 80s. I don't have to put diapers on. I know, I know. We you haven't been you're born yet. Cycling glasses. I am. Um, so listen, I think in the eighties, Japan came in pretty hard into flat track. Cause I think Honda started to dominate similarly to Indian, right? And Honda yes, was always good true. with, yeah, yeah. And what Harley Davidson did was, um, legislate some new things. And where is Honda nowadays in flat tracking? The last time you saw Honda was 2016 when the pro rider or 15, I guess when the pro riders, uh, uh was it when it was GNC one and they would ride you know, dirt bikes essentially on short track. Now, after Michael Locke took over, the twins was the twins and the singles was the singles. But prior to that, the only place you'd see a Honda on a flat track 
was when it was GNC one and everybody's riding dirt bikes on a short track or a TT. Chad Coast right? ran a twin Harley. Uh, Woods, the famous Woods from Woods Road Tax. He built a, Har- a Honda. Sorry, I said Harley. Right. He built a Honda not too long ago. Obviously, he just passed. Or not obviously. Well, and Woods also had a freaking BMW F800. I mean, so we yes. we have people. We have, but we don't have teams. We don't have factory you're right, teams. You're right. You're right. The last factory team would have been, and uh, I think the guy's name is McGrew. Has a couple of those RS750s, and he still races them. Yeah, and those but RSs the whole, is the, the one I'm talking not about. Successful. Yes, I know. I know. It was. And it uh, hasn't been w. around. It was wasn't around since like the late nineties, right? Eighties to nineties, I believe. Early nineties at the latest. Yeah, and Harley Davidson legislated them out of that. What happened there is exactly what Harley's trying to do now. And I say Harley, yeah. I know it's I know it's Terry Vance and Harley. Um, they legislate rules. So actually, with 2020 rules, you might find in there that uh, well, but I think 20 was it 2019? They had to change the size of the intake. Yeah. In so India, last so going. Going into last year, like I was hearing us at the at the end of eighteen, because that's you know they were finalizing the rules and getting ready to pump them out for twenty nineteen. There was three new rules that Indian felt like was against them. One of them was the lower octane fuel, if you remember that rule. And they're like, you know, we're fine with that. Actually, we're gonna have to like reduce our compression ratio, but we're fine with that. But here's where here's where Pete's point is coming in, and here's what Harley Davidson did to Honda back in yep. the day. I remember the restrictor yeah. plate thing being a thing. Mm-hmm. So for production-based engines, you're allowed to run 40 millimeter throttle bodies, and for production or for like race-only engines, like specialty engines, you're only allowed to run 38 uh, yeah. millimeter throttle bodies. And the Indian, and, uh, Indians yeah. still went out and won with that, though. No, I know, I know they did. Still went and out. The back. fact that they but they had right. the reduced uh, reduced um, octane, the smaller throttle bodies, and there was one more. Oh, like the uh, you could use a production engine up to nine hundred cc's or something like it, you know, because like there's all sorts of weird shit running. Out that there was a weird, weird yeah. Engine. Well, one of the reasons they used to have that, and that's an older rule. And the XR seven fifty was actually considered a race engine. Um, the, you used to be able to homologate. They had an SV seven or SV thousand. Uh, used to be able to homologate the Honda Superhawk. I bet if you showed up with an RC51 motor, they would have homologated that. Um, in, in 2015, they, there was a couple uh, Ducati 1100s that were running in the Maybe because they were two-valve. They might have let them get a little bigger. Uh-huh. For sure. That's exactly what they were, yeah. Yeah, and that's a weird one because it all depends. To me, it depends who shows up with what. If a team shows up with a bike and, – and again, if, if – a team shows up and they built these badass flat trackers with RC 51s in them and they figured out how to get traction out of them. So they're going to be like, yeah, those are good. If they start going out and they start beating factory Harley and factory Indian, no longer are they good. They would change that. And you know, and that's, that is definitely a problem, definitely an issue. And I guarantee there's a lot of one-on-one phone calls that, that talk about that. How can we limit what Indians doing so they don't go out and dominate instead. And you know, it's a classic problem of the guy with the money is losing and he doesn't know how to win rightfully. So he wants to change the rules. Um, because uh, again, that XG 750 is not an XG 750. The two main cases might be stock. The heads are completely, completely one-off prototypes. 
Well, um, Wiggs, here's something different too. I the XG was the XG at first, and they were doing it with you know Baker, Meese, and Nicole Me when she first became Nicole Meese. Oh yeah, that, that was XG a thing. that was a marketing thing. That was a promotion thing, right? And then the XG yeah. came out and raced the first year. Well, holy shit! The next year was the Street Rod XG, and the the XG just had like a single uh, throat like throttle body. Then the Street Rod has a dual throw and they, they that was their first attempt to try and make a production bike with well, better the, the race body. bikes didn't run those throttle bodies anyway the the race bikes run a downdraft similar to like a buell xb not a side yeah, but, it, but wasn't it um yeah yeah no no the uh the street rod doesn't it have a downdraft um no maybe, maybe it does yeah maybe it does have a side so i think this may be starting to get a little too nuanced yeah, uh, but yeah. <laughs> you may need to move on. <laughs> but the well, basics on. is you're right. Indians started they started with the right mindset where Harley took a motor and handed it to someone. But where right. people are wrong was it was not a money issue. I I would almost guarantee they spent more money than Indian. Like they just they had the money to spend and they to me they spent it with the wrong person. I know for a fact you put an XG750R on a chassis dyno, it makes 115 or more horsepower. You put Jared Mises, personal Indian, on a chassis dyno, it makes 95. All right. Now, now we're, we, we've got that. Now, the, the missing piece to the puzzle, I think, is, well, why doesn't Harley just invest in a straight-up a prototype race engine then because it doesn't matter whether they're modifying an sg uh, an xg or they make an engine from the ground up they could do either if they choose you, to you want the simple answer bureaucracy sure I, or the, or now, that's exactly it, that's, that's where i was gonna um, go they're uh, indian and in and the the higher ups indian have an extremely clear vision of what they yeah. want their bikes to be, what they want their company to be, how they're marketing themselves, where they're marketing themselves, what kind of models they're putting out. It's all really clear and concise. And Harley is all over the fucking road right now. Well, and the people at Harley that could make things happen, their hands are tied. I exactly. talked to exactly. I've had Stop. conversations I'm with I'm so the glad we got here organically because I was going to bring this up. If if Harley yeah. wanted to, they could they could dominate this tomorrow. I mean, their sales still make Indian All, look like a joke. It's getting more do, serious every make, year and eventually it won't be true, but Harley is still like king. It. Domestically, they are still king. And if they wanted to, they could invest. But they're in not humble about being king. That's true. It's all numbers on a graph to them, to some of them. I mean, I mean, I've had conversations with the former head of marketing at Harley Davidson, and he said, "What do you think's going on?" And I gave him a real roundabout answer because I was employed by the problem at the time. I told him, "I said you're never going to win a race until you fire the guy that can't be fired." I've seen it happen. I've been at the track. And seeing this guy, so you see the writers and mechanics like follow a path and get to a point. And then I've seen this, this guy come over and point some directions. And then you see the writer and mechanic, you see their face just fall. They're, it, it's just exhausting to them that they're getting told how to win a flat track race 
by a drag racer and they're obviously not being successful. I mean, look at their first year. They hired Jake Johnson, uh, Brandon Robinson, and Kenny Coolbeth. At the time, Kenny Coolbeth was the winningest rider on the track. He lasted with that team for one year. And he didn't retire. He retired the following year. And he was just fed up with it. If you're not, if you're going to hire the winningest rider on the track currently, and you're not going to listen to what he says about bike development, the fuck is wrong with you? Do you think that there's engineers at Mercedes barking at Lewis Hamilton that they know how to set up a fucking car? You better believe he gets listened to or he's going somewhere else. You don't think Ferrari can't win with him behind the wheel too? Like that's racing. You know, I grew up around sprint cars. Mostly you wanted to go win a race in sprint sprint cars. You hired, I want to say shit. I wanted to say Carl Kinzer. It actually wasn't Steve Kinzer's dad. It was Steve Kinzer's uncle. And when Steve Kinzer was getting his ass kicked by his cousin, it was because his uncle went and worked for his cousin. Cause I was his son. Cause that's especially, I don't even want to say especially dirt track, but that's racing. You have these, old time people that have been winning at it for so long and they just know what to do. It's, it's like shooting a gun. It's like, you know, stuff like, it's like, I was going to say driving a car. It obviously is like driving a car, but it's, it's something where you develop muscle memory and know how over doing it over and over and over and over again. And you can't just pick up. I want to say more on dirt than on pavement. Um, you know, I mean, I did read a quote out of a drag racing history book that um, Byron Hines, when Terry retired racing, Byron Hines got on a bike, won a fucking NHRA race, got off the bike and said, well, hell, anyone can win on this. And now his son is what, five-time, six-time champion? His older son won three or four championships. Um, But I'm also not a big drag race fan, so if you are, don't take offense. But I just, you can't, throw money at a problem, but never change your way of thinking and expect to go win races. And no matter what the rule book says, there's, you can't win a race by changing rule books. You can't just come in week in and week out, year in, year out and make changes because you have a bigger wallet to fuck the other guy over. Because what happens eventually is exactly what happened to factory Honda. And they say, fuck you and fuck your flat track. We're out. That is, you know, one of the biggest things in motorcycle racing is gone and doesn't. And now what is AFT trying to get back? Factory involvement. Right. Now, factories excel. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so, so uh, factory involvement is at its best, I think, in, uh, in MotoGP is how every factory should be, be behaving in racing of all kinds, which is... It's sort of that if you're not cheating, you're not trying aspect where every everyone is all in. Every, everyone's all in at an equal level, pretty much. And we talk a lot on our show about how much we love Ducati as a team and Honda even as a team sometimes because they're they're so good at cheating, it's become <laughs> an art form. 
right? And, and no, seriously. And the way that innovation happens is basically through cheating and racing, a reinterpretation yeah. of the rules, a sidestepping yeah. sort of thought, right? So, you know, Indian with their flywheel, you know, they kind of went, look, uh, we could, we could m- take our standard flywheels and then manufacture them to be like, we add material on and remachine them, but that's ridiculous. Just let us make a different flywheel. It's within the spirit of the rules because it'll be cheaper for us. And it's cheating, but it's not. It's a, it's a different way of thinking because they want it that bad that they'll justify it any way they can and they'll make a case for it any way they can. Because at the end of the day, as a company, Indian fucking wants it more than Harley. We all agree on that. So I don't need Harley to just outright cheat with different heads or whatever, I need Harley to want it more because if they want it more, they'll, they'll do something to that engine that makes they it don't fundamentally want, better. It's a, it's a different kind of want. And I'm agreeing with you on this hundred percent. Indian wants to win races in a roundabout way to take market shares, but they don't, they want to win races because they want to win fucking races. They want to go racing. They want to be the best ones of the track. Harley yeah. slash Vance and Hines wants to win races so that they can look good to sell bikes it's a different mentality and it it's it's yes it sounds like the same thing because i just said they both want to win win races but it's not and of course indians i totally understand selling bikes right but harley's it's not their end goal it's their focus indians focus is winning races and the afterthought is that will help us sell bikes. Where Harley yeah, just is. look at Honda's MotoGP program and their Formula One program. Yeah, one could not be more prestigious, and the other could not be more of a disaster. Especially and that's all through desire. Because didn't Senna Senna drove a Honda motor, right? Yeah, but a different era, different thing. Absolutely, that's what I said. Different time. For sure. This, the so new true, Honda the old, man, old man Honda was still around then, I believe. Yeah. And yeah, t- today Honda, the, you know, in the, in the automotive, they don't, they don't give a shit about formula one. Well, but and it, a- because HRC I, motorcycles, that's basically how the company started. Yeah. I, I mean, it was not long after they were just, you know, doing more than making piss and rings for Toyota, that they were out racing bikes. They were out racing bikes as soon as they could. And they're at the Isle of Man in like 1955 or something, or at least early 60s. And they were there to fucking win. And it was a big priority, no matter what. And it still is to this day. I don't think there's anything at Honda you can do that's more prestigious than than MotoGP. You know, I, I don't think there yeah. is. It's what the company exists to do just because. And the same with Ducati. And I, I, I think Honda... Uh, or sorry, I think there are ways that you can dedicate yourself fully to a racing effort if it's only to sell bikes. Like Suzuki's a great example. Suzuki is in MotoGP to sell bikes, but yeah. they're all in. Honda uh, Harley is not all in. I don't think Harley understands where the winning will pay off. I don't think they understand how it connects to their lineup. I don't think the shareholders or the current uh, merry-go-round of management understands where it fits into the business. So, of course, when they do make any decisions and investments in it, it's just going to be someone 
just making a call and putting yep. a name on a piece of paper rather mm-hmm. than a concerted, passionate effort. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was going to bring this point up earlier too, and you've kind of just, you've kind of neatly wrapped it up there is that um, if we look at other, other manufacturers, a lot of what they get from racing comes to their uh, lineup as far as sport bikes, even BMW, Yamaha, all these things, the IMU was developed on the track and now it's on every single bike. Well, the FTR 1200. Well, it's even though that's not the race bike, it exists because of the race bikes. Right. And because of so my, the success of the race bikes. So my question is, what the hell does Harley care about racing? Because none of their stuff, the only reason they have RDRS this year, and the only reason they had reflex, reflex uh, linked brakes, linked ABS, is because it kind of was like, started to become mandated by uh, other countries, like an airbag in a car, right? And yeah, I, so my, there's really no, there's no unifying vision is the problem. No. Well, yeah. here's the deal. The guy that was trying to the, establish the all roads lead to Harley and, and even is the reason for the XG coming in and being a bike uh, because nobody wants to buy a 750 or 500 Harley. That guy just got shipped. He, he retired, you know, on his own. Yeah. Right. You know, he got, he got shipped. And I, t- to me, it's like, if, if, if Indian hadn't come racing, would he still be there? Would it be such a big deal that Harley had 750s? Would dealers be pointing you to, a Dyna or a Softail instead of their 750s, had there been, had they not got their asses kicked by Indian from the get-go? Like, had, had Indian not stepped in the ring a couple years ago? Harley could sell 750s if Harley had 750s that win. They could plaster pictures of the race winners. Mm-hmm. They could have cardboard cutouts of the race winners. They could pump them up. They could have some good old-fashioned U.S. of fucking A American pride in the goddamn dealerships, even if the bikes are foreign-built, and sell the shit out of them. I mean, no if you problem. think about it, that's but what Harley doesn't care. Harley doesn't care enough to cheat. So exactly. one thing that the bikes uh, they, that they cannot do, and I know this from reading the rule book last night, staying up late to do so, is there's a certain amount of data they're allowed to collect on the bikes and a certain amount they're not. Now, we've already gone over a bunch of times how the Indian bikes make less power, but deliver that power better, right? That's from getting data. I guarantee you. I guarantee fucking to you, Indian has found new and creative ways to get data off of that bike that they have not gotten caught doing. Well, they are they cheating also have, in data collection. They must uh, be because they know exactly how to make the perfect amount of power and deliver it. And Harley doesn't because I don't think Harley cares enough to cheat. Well, they do. On the legal end of it, they have full MotoGP suspension telemetry on those bikes too. The Indian, but do they have the IMU that records all of it? That because I, I don't think they're allowed to have that for the rule book. I do know when Carver's bike blew up at Sacramento because he was the first guy to blow one up. The dudes from Indian came over and plugged a laptop in and looked at everything that happened before it blew up. So they're they're they know something. You know there is some kind of data recording from that. Um, because they don't want their shit blown up and not very many of them have where, you know, it seems like out of three factory riders, I was reading the rule book. They're allowed to look at data for fuel mapping for firing and all of that, but they're not supposed to have telemetry data. 
I was like at they a can draft. enforce that. Well, uh, exactly. Yeah, that's hard to fucking enforce. I guarantee you, Indian cares enough to cheat, and Harley doesn't. Well, the suspension telemetry tree that I know they put on um, that at the time anyway was legal, and this was a couple years ago. And they did it at the track, at the race, and the suspension guy was there. They weren't even trying to hide it. So maybe that has changed now. I don't know. But who's to say? And, you know, I've brought, I mean, don't get me wrong. I brought this up with the marketing at Vance and Hines a few times. I said, dude, if I was getting my ass kicked that bad, I'd be renting tracks and going and practicing. And they're like, well, uh, I mean, I go, you guys get your butt kicked one weekend go back and work on the bike next week and go back and get your butt kicked again. I go, dude, you're supposed to be a top level program. I'm like, I'd have those riders that tracks every weekend figuring those bikes out. And it, they, again, they didn't have the mentality that it took. It, they didn't care about going and winning races. It was all a budget thing. It was all an advertising thing. It was all to say, Oh, Hey, we run this race program, but they don't run it like a race program. So hey, right. I don't think selling 750s or, or I don't think winning races on 750s is going to sell you a road glide, you know, or going to sell you a soft tail. And no, my, my but thing it'll is, sell a 750 to a new market. Yeah. And well, how many a new customer base, or not a new market, a new customer base of younger people that have different values. But have you seen the parking lots at AFT races? They are full of road glides and ultra- but they don't sell anything else. Yeah, well, they're full of road right, glides, but not for long. Well, because their brand's getting their butt kicked. But those guys, I mean, it's like, you know, you go to a sprint car race, you're still going to drive your Chevy pickup, even though there's no pickups on the track. You know, it's it, there's still you go to a Formula One race. Shit, at this point, you go to a NASCAR race. There's nothing Ford or Chevy about those cars either, but they still want to see their brand win, even if it's not the bike that they're riding to the track. I do agree. Yeah if there was something in the lineup that was more like that. And I think, again, that's where Indian was smart with the FTR 750, even though it's a di- or, sorry, 1200, even though it's a different bike, they knew that their 750 was winning on Sunday. So they were going to sell that 1200 on Monday. And the stockest yeah. thing about stock cars nowadays is they have to fit the OE, the showroom the tires profile. around. No, they have to fit the profile of the production car. I don't know if that's totally true because isn't the profile for every car got to be the same no matter what it says on the board? No, no, I think they they have to be the same for the new Yeah, they all fit the the same template. The most stock thing is the fake lights, the lights. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I'll tell you how Harley cheated because back in the day when Harley was not, you know, Harley is not the obviously the very first motorcycle manufacturer and now obviously not even the very first American motorcycle manufacturer. But I'll tell you how Harley has been cheating because they went to the Isle of Man back in the day when everybody was doing it. They did a bunch of um, tests from New York to L.A. or, uh, you know, West Coast to East Coast before roads existed. I mean, highways weren't a thing until like the 40s. So they've been going back, them in Indian and like Flying Merkel and fucking Mitchell, whoever else built motorcycles back in the teens and shit. That's when Harley was productive. But that's when Harley was dependent on racing. Because that was when racing was how you stood out, right? And ever since then, yeah. they've been cheating. They cheated by putting Indian out of business with the war and delivering <laughs> shit that the army didn't want. I'm telling you, they That's told true. the army. Yeah, the army asked for a 500, and everyone yeah. showed up with a 500 faithfully. Harley showed up with a 750. Thus, the WLA yeah. became the bike for World War II. 
Yeah. And so after that shit, when, when Indian dried up and Indian and, and, uh, fuck, like triumph and shit, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ones that went out of business because of that eventually, not long after 10 years after the war ended, right? Like not even 10 years. So then now Indian to be fair, and all they, those companies were in business making bullets and shit for the war. Like yeah, yeah, Harley yeah. did have a better like business. Indian structure. didn't go out until yeah. 53. So they, I know, but the war ended in 45. That's not even 10 years later. And so they, they fucked them with that. Then Honda, they fucked over for, with the flat track ruling like and the chicken tax and all that crazy shit. And now Indian, they're trying to get them again with flat tracking. You know, there's no, like Harley has, and, and then look at the legis, the uh, things that Harley has lost. The super tuner wars, you know, like the super tuner lawsuits and like all the emission shit. Harley loves cheating, but they don't love cheating at racing. They racing they could give a shit about because it hasn't mattered since the teens and the 40s and 50s when they were road racing and shit like look how look how much effort they put into their road racing when buell had that vr 1000 like none like that was the racers doing that shit yeah they spent a ton of money on it but didn't really put the effort in they didn't and the same thing with the xr 1200 series they're like listen we got vance and heinz spec series the bikes were slow as shit. I loved watching that stuff, but they're like, yeah, you know, the XR twelve hundred. It's for the European market. It well, really not only like- that, it was a really expensive class to race. The whole point of a spec series is for it to be cheap. But when you put I Vance and Hines' name cheap. on it and made everyone buy parts only from Vance and Hines, then Vance and Hines can charge whatever they want for those parts, and it made right. it a really expensive series. See, back at the time, I was looking at that rule, at those rules, and it was like, oh yeah, you you got the bike, you know. Of course, you got to sink that money into it. But race bikes are, th- you know, thousands of dollars, or, you know, hundreds of thousands yeah, of dollars. Yeah. So this it seemed pretty cheap to me because the kit was like, you buy a three thousand dollar kit that includes like all the numbers, the the spec um, for well, uh, the spec exhaust and all this shit. I thought it sounded cheap compared to like running like a world superbike or even a moto america team you know it sounded cheap it, to me. it may have but been at, but at it's the same still time at the, yeah and at the same time it wasn't selling xr 1200s people that want a road glide or a fucking road king or a fucking soft you know what i'm saying like i don't think harley cares about cheating and racing because they it doesn't sell them those bikes in, it the, doesn't in the very it doesn't, end though. i mean it you know you don't, don't know think, you don't think mercedes going and winning formula one races is good for business you, I just I, let's let's look at the SR let's look at the XG750 sales. You know what I'm saying? Like I just but it hasn't won it. a fucking race. Exactly. Yeah. So it's why are they even bothering race on the track? So people think it's a failure off the track. And I don't. I'm I'm actually saying that stuff like Hooligan sold new bikes. Stuff like um, Formula One. There's not a single thing on that part that you can go buy on that car. But when Mercedes wins a Formula One race. It's good for Mercedes business. Same with Ferrari. I mean, even though, you know, the, the high-end Mercedes are way out of our budget. Just like Ferrari, Ferrari cars are a little closer to the Formula One product than, say, for Mercedes sure. are. For sure. And, and Ferrari is built on winning races. So when they win listen, races, it is, it is their brand in a way. Listen, but you know what it, sells, it doesn't you know change what sells the fact that when they win on Sunday, they sell on Monday. No way. You know what sells Ferraris is fucking Santa Anita, the horse track down here. That's who's driving Mercedes and Ferraris and Lambos. That's Those people don't give the, yeah, They don't watch fucking racing. Person. They don't watch racing. They're sipping wine off of fucking horses' there's, ass there's on Sundays. There's plenty of people 
at Monaco. Well, I'm related to someone who's a race fan that bought a Ferrari recently. So So we have one anecdotal story. I'm calling bullshit on this whole thing. (laughs) Okay, then go to NASCAR then. You don't think if Ford wins on Sunday, it's good for Ford on Monday? Probably, but they're not fucking... They're not $85,000 escorts that they're selling either, though. No, Have you seen how much F-150s cost now? Yeah, like well, a yeah, king yeah, fucking right. ranch, like it's ridiculous. Dude, it's getting like out of hand. Grand. Yeah, it's way out of hand. So yeah. okay, it might be getting time back to, to it. Yeah, get just to sum, <laughs> it, to sum it up. To sum it up, I, I quit recording a half Harley, hour ago, guys. I wish Harley cared enough to cheat because, as as much as I have problems with where the company's going and their leadership and their lack of vision and whatever, like yeah. God damn it. It's fucking America. And I wish they were winning AMA fucking American flat track. Like, God damn it. It's fucking Harley. And like, it kills me that fake Indian is fucking handing them their asses. But you know what? Like before that Kawasaki's when you look at at premium, like grade a level cheating, I think about uh, 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 Ducati Corse in in MotoGP with stuff like the rear wheel spoiler that they claim is there to cool the rear tire, but it's also there for aerodynamics. And it's so close to the fucking rules about whether or not it should be allowed. And then putting fucking whole shot devices on GP bikes and then the weird electronic rules and the salad box. I mean, that is top level. Like that is cheating. That is pushing the technology and the whole sport further and further and all the winglet stuff. Oh my God. Right. When I look at Indian in flat track, American flat track, which is a lot lower money. And I look at this flywheel stuff and this questionable electronic situation. I see top level cheating and God damn it. That's sexy to me. That's fucking racing. That's something that, that that's a company that's showing up and means fucking business. And I hate fake Indian because they're fake Indian. If they just call themselves Polaris, I would love them so much. Me too. I was going to say, Pete, they're made. There's more sh- Indian shit made in America than Harley's at this point. They don't have a Thailand factory like Harley does. I they're know, made but in the legacy fraud is so shit. bad. I Why know. just pretend it's it says just pre- just pretend it says victory on the side? That's all you got to do. Just pretend. Maybe it's, it's I'll get victory. over it one day. I don't know. I should. It's in between. I, I, I know. They're, they're an American. They're an American that, company. They're an American company. So I lost a lot of listeners, and I think we need to hard stop here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not like Go we have another topic. A, yeah, this is this get a is beer. It, so. Get a get a beer. Uh, we do have we do have made up motorcycle. Oh yeah. Oh, that's Let's right. That we were doing made up motorcycle. Okay. <laughs> we may have to edit made up motorcycle into the beginning of the episode. So whoever is just in for the rest of the ride can listen to this. Okay. Are you guys, uh, Wiggs, are you familiar with the rules for made up motorcycle? I feel like we've played this with you once before a little bit, but I don't know if I've played it before or not. Okay. So here's the deal. We're, we usually each pick a category, our own category, and we each come with three or four names of things that are just a, would be a ridiculous name for a motorcycle. And then we just, whoever, someone puts out their name, we go in a circle, and then everyone else just spitballs and makes up what that bike would be, right? 
Now, normally we go with a theme. I don't think we have enough time for everyone to say, do we, multiple we, we bikes. Do, we could do all of us do one, I think. That's what I'm saying. So if you've got a, does anyone have a great name for a motorcycle that doesn't exist? Does I anyone think want to I go do. first? I okay, think Jones. I do. What do you got? So my, my category is based off, you know, this is the COVID-19 special edition of made up motorcycle. I know everybody's been inside just streaming Netflix and all the shit. My bike is based off of what's available on Netflix right now. It's the tiger King. The tiger King. Well, okay. It's going to be very close to that saber motorcycle that we saw online. The right turbo away. cat. <laughs> the turbo <laughs> cat. Yeah. Oh. I, I think this may already exist. Um, <laughs> Well, the Tiger I'm gonna look, King. Let's see. I'm going to so look the, at that brand, uh, that company, and see if they have one called the Tiger King that we just didn't see that day, real quickly. Mm. <laughs> Is there anything jumping out to anyone else about this immediately yet? Um, oh, absolutely! I know exactly what this is. This is essentially the same suspension setup as a Nikon, but it's done <laughs> as a cruiser, and it's raked the fuck out. <laughs> so it's a Nikon with feet forwards. Yes. That is amazing. <laughs> well, it's so good too, because here, here's the only I'm thing that's wrapping that up too quickly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I'll, I'll, I'll well, accept that. You hit that right on the head. <laughs> well, it's going to be great too, because the Nikon has that, that super silly, almost dustbin like fairing bit over the front that we say looks like a dung beetle, but it is prime, prime for having like a 90s jet fighter style paint job where there's like the fake mouth and teeth coming around the wheel arches. Oh, yes. Can it have it a 280 prime. inch rear wheel too? Sure. <laughs> like just one of those huge Corvette tires on the back. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we did that one quick. Is it we got another one? <laughs> Top points, by the way, like a hundred points, Swiggy. <laughs> well done. Golf clap. Uh oh, so I had a, a bike. Um so my original category was going to be um Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we'll just go with the uh, the Samoa. This is the Harley Ooh. Fat Boy mar- marketed in American Samoa. I think I made this joke before on Made Up Motorcycle. <laughs> this this is a Harley Fat Boy with a brown seat, and uh, white that's hand grips, so- and that's it. I think I did this oh, one in a very short time. Who? This is tricky. I want to. Oh, listen! This is a okay. This is a scooter. This is I, a scooter. I, I, I've got scooter in mind too. Well, I was I yeah. was just thinking. So I cannot think of a better vehicle to to take around Hawaii than Honda's new ADV scooter. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking the the Samoa is a fictional motorcycle, obviously that was made in the late 80s and it's a two-stroke ADV oh, scooter 
back before we cared about the environment. So it's a it's it's a one two five two stroke ADV scooter, and what makes this scooter way different than uh, other things is um, uh, unlike it. It's just. Um, no, sorry, it's not it's not a 125. It's a 252 stroke, but it has the lowest compression imaginable, even lower than a scooter would normally have. This is like mm-hmm. six and a half to one compression because you don't want too much power out of it because it's only two gears. It doesn't have a CVT. It's just got, it's got, it doesn't even have like a rocker, like a cruiser would have for the gear shift, uh, inside the footwell. It's got a push push button. Exactly. Inside the footwell, it has like two buttons next to each other and they're both just up and down. And that's the two gears. It's got a, uh, an automatic clutch, right? So you don't have to work a clutch when you're doing it, but you do have to bring your foot back inside the footwell and hit between the low and the high gear. And then it's a 252 stroke that makes like one, two, five power because it's super low compression and lower revving. <laughs> right. And Instead of the two stroke making double the power, it makes that yeah. power. <laughs> Genius. And Hawaii hates it. If you've ever been to Hawaii, you know that the whole state is basically like a natural preserve, like against any sort of like. Pollution. Well, right. That's they why hate, this is a vehicle from the thing. past. Right. This is from yeah, like 1987 and they and haven't been legal then. for a long time. Yeah. Right. The local government <laughs> banned them. <laughs> nice. But in our fictional universe, like there's weird teens in like, like Austria that have like a huge cult following for it. Oh, bam. There you go. And they paint them orange and deliver pizza on them. That was kind of specific, but it, it happened. I'm giving myself it. top points for that. I, I feel that was <laughs> yeah. pretty good. That was- That's good. <laughs> the, and right. Samoa, for some weird reason, has an accent over the A. Like, we don't know why. I like it. All right. All right. That's a good one. All right. So, Wiggs, have you got one? Swigs and wigs. It's oh, wait, you guys. I didn't even have my mic on. If, uh, if if not, I've got one. No, nothing off the top of my head. Go for it. Okay, so my original category, I totally forgot about this, was going to be um, guitars. So I'm going to give you the choice of the Stratocaster or the Emperor. <laughs> and the Strat is the classic, so we'll have to go with that. So the Stratocaster. The Stratocaster is a naked 350 that's as classic as, let me see, it's new. It's brand new, though. You're like, naked 350, that sounds like a CL350 classic. No. It's made by Cleveland Cycle Works. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Bold choice. Yeah, yeah. And it should have been California that, Scooter Company. They, or, or, you know, what's the difference, really? It's uh, half a dozen to one and two to the other. California Scooter Company is fucking Lamborghini compared to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're exactly right. <laughs> That's why I chose Cleveland Cycle Works. So, is this and, a knockoff uh, of like a, a, of a World War, of like the WLA? 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah but it's only at three fifty. It's only at three fifty, it, and it's in that really awful like seafoam green. Yeah, but it has like a modern looking Acropovic ripoff or uh, Akrapovich, if you pronounce it correctly. Wait, ripoff so it, like muffler. Hold on, I, I feel like I missed the beginning of this. This you said this is a what kind of bike again? It's like a naked standard, but you can't tell from what era. Just like a Stratocaster, you don't know from whence it came. But it looks like a WLA, but it's got a, a Kropovich ripoff muffler on it. Like, where is this thing coming from? What See, era? It's so like a Triumph now, Truxton, and you have no idea. Did you ever look at the uh, the picture of the, the Wooler Flat 4 that I alluded to in show notes of the last few episodes? I probably did. Was that that little weird scooter thing? No, it looked like an air air maki sort of. No, it's a it's a very rare flat four engine motorcycle. I know I I think I know I did. But what I imagine is something like the the Harley WLA, but it's got this very nineteen fifties giant tubular slash swoopy bodywork on it, with a totally modern Acropovich exhaust system <laughs> on it. Yeah. <laughs> Like you know yeah. how in like the mid late fifties there were all these art deco bikes. Right? Yeah. That's Just, the one I, I, I think I'm it's thinking. It's like of the it's right like one. a nineteen fifties art deco bike, but there's like little holes in it where you can see this totally liquid cooled high tech <laughs> motor and yeah. ridiculously yeah. high tech acro exhaust system coming off yeah. the side. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. Yeah, I know what bike you're talking about. I, I I'm I haven't seen it recently but uh i looked at it that that time in the notes i most of the time i just read you guys show notes and i kind of think i've it's like i've listened to the whole show you guys do a really good job but that's exactly the bike that's the one that looks kind of like an air maki where it's got that weird like pressed metal frame right is that the one yeah like the tank yeah goes all the way through up to the headlights yeah 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 oh yeah 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 that's the one that's what i'm thinking of yeah that but like that exactly tank what- but on an old 50s harley <laughs> Right? Yeah, exactly <laughs> what the Stratocaster is with with the modern Acropovic. <laughs> Wait, no, I've got to do my annoying Brit voice, right? The Acropovich, <laughs> the Acropovich. <laughs> yeah, I hate people that say Acropovich. Oh my god, they all need to die and go to hell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the worst part is neither of those are close. It's uh, a I know. It is. Yeah. But, yeah. It's the weirdest. But yeah. people that say Akrapovich really yeah. fucking grind oh, my yeah. gears. Hey, Especially the when they're trying worlds. to be pompous about it. In the pantheon of dudes I cannot hang out with. Guy that says Akrapovich. <laughs> and rides a Stratocaster. It's kind of <laughs> it's it's definitely in the uh the the great British pa- uh, pastime of gaslighting you on pronunciations. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And then you look down, and he's got socks with sandals. Ugh. Like you think NPR is pretty good at making you think you failed, like third grade <laughs> English. Like this shit has been going on in Britain for some time. It's a pastime. They think it's funny. Yeah. All right, Wiggs, do you have a ridiculous motorcycle name? Oh, now I'm supposed to come up with one? I thought that was my out. Uh, yeah, that was your out. <laughs> I think you meant Swigs. Oh, Swigs, okay. 
or did he? Oh, what? No, I already, I already did the Samoa. He did one. Yeah, Wiggins oh, yeah. is the oh, last one. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, oh man. shit! Okay, yeah. So, uh, so we, we gave you the strap, bro. Oh man. How about, hey, don't worry about yours, it. If you want to take a second, I can edit it, it so it sounds like you came with it like right off the bat. It doesn't. I'm gonna matter. do it like everything just... in my life. I'm not gonna think about it. I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna say the rocket. I Is think it? that you're looking at a 2300 cc triple. Oh <laughs> yeah, Triumph actually yeah. has one. <laughs> I had like it this does have to bike. be a bike that doesn't exist. I had yeah. like these like hey. 80s sport bike in my mind with way too much plastic. Um, it kind of looked a, like that turbine powered ugly thing. It's called the K100. Yeah. 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 How about you give us Indiana feed stores? Is your category? Indiana feed Indiana stores. Feed I never or really types of beef stores. What about types of beef jerky? You love beef jerky. Oh, just beef, man. Beef jerky. Oh, okay. The beef. <laughs> the motorcycle's called the beef. <laughs> huh? Oh well, man. I think we've we failed on this one. That's all right. Hey, well, I do have it a, anyway. Well, you know, I'm used to that. It's I okay. I figured I was the star for the first part of the show. I could fail on this part. <laughs> Well, no, it's okay. Like, if you want, like you said, just take a moment and just think of something. We could edit it to make it sound like you just had one right there. Oh, I'd have to put too much effort in. I don't like doing that. I did <laughs> uh, on a separate though. I got a new bike I want to talk about that I think you guys might like since you're big MotoGP fans. Okay, what do you got? Have you seen the new Ninja 250R? Actually, it's the 25R. No. Kawasaki released a four-cylinder, 250cc sport bike. It's yeah, it's only real right? RPMs. <gasps> it is not a Ninja 250. Or 400 or 500. Yeah, it's a mini Z, or it might be the ZX25R. But yeah, yeah I see yeah, it. I think that's it's only it's five yeah. grand? No, what I saw was over nine. That's what they said killed the first one in the eighties that they did. It's not legal. It's not, it's not it's only like 500 States, bucks it? less than a 600. Uh, I don't know about that. My assumption was it's not in the States yet. Cause they gave us some data a couple quarters. Ago, I see that I it's like, set at 17,000 RPM. It might be that too, but maybe what I read was nearly 20, but. Is this going to like awesome. delete all of our reasons to buy a Suzuki across? Yeah. Yeah, right. but does this have a frunk you can put a six pack in? No, uh, does it? It doesn't. No, I don't know. I so saw actually ZX, what I saw it was it's the ZX25R is what it's called. And yep. I this... saw it on Kawasaki's Instagram is where I saw it. I saw the motor, and I had to look it up. I was like, what? So it's basically a, it, it's basically a Ninja 400 that makes Ninja 400 power, but it doesn't do it with as much torque, and it does it at much no, higher it's a, RPM. Basically a Ninja, it's basically a ZX6R shrunk down. Well, right. That's what I'm saying, that. though. But it's it's peak horsepower is very Ninja 400 esque, but it's yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just it's a little screamer. I would rather have yeah. this than a Ninja 400, absolutely, because the yeah. I like sick any like once you start getting above thirteen thousand RPM, like the sound just becomes hilarious. Yeah, it's how gonna did be I not bad. hear about this? 
Okay, nine and a half thousand dollars. You're right. Yeah, there that's what is. I saw. Yeah, and it's for not- like what I saw was five hundred. It's probably more like two grand, but for two grand more, you can get a six R. This only makes sense in the Japanese market. Yeah, or the racetrack yeah. kids. It's not a, you know, it's not a street bike for the states. It's just not. I don't think it's going to be offered here either. I don't know. Did anybody? Did that anybody makes hear it about so much cooler. It's not even going to be offered here. That makes it like so. That makes us want it that much more, cool. right? Exactly. B- big boner just happened here, like that. Because you know about the Suzuki Across, right, Wiggs? Uh-uh. So the original GSXR, people think the GSXR started as the 750, but that was only overseas. The original GSXR was the GSXR 250 in Japan. So they did an inline four GSXR, mm. and it revs to something like 16,500 RPM. Like it's stupid. Rad. It yeah. just screams. And on top of that, the engine's like really flat, like tilted really far forward. So it has a frunk as well. It's got like a glove box that fits a six pack of beer perfect in it. Well, sorry, no, not, not, the, not the GSXR 250, but they did a touring version of the GSXR 250 called the Across. But but the motor is the same and everything, the carbs, all of it. They just took it like eight years later or something and just made it a weird touring bike in Asia and Australia. Nice. And we've got a listener who bought one on our recommendation and restored it. And he wants to sell it to us now. And we're really fucking tempted to import it and buy it from him because I, and he confirms like riding this bike around. It's just like, there's no way you can't smile because you're doing like 38 miles an hour at like 13,000 RPM. Just the bike like sounds like it's going to explode, but the bike's designed to do it. Like it's fine. But uh, yeah, we're we're super into this concept of of little screamers, and yeah. I'm really happy cool that someone's doing a new one. Especially as good as the 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 ZX uh, the 400 the the Ninja 400 looks. What yeah. a great package to put a little 250 inline four into. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. They al- they also have a Z125 that's not the z125 pro it's like a it's like a proper little z sport bike over there yeah and suzuki's got one too uh i don't know if honda's the one yet but i remember at uh aim in vegas suzuki was making a big deal about their 125 and Mm -hmm. i could be wrong but i feel like the kawasaki booth didn't have their 125 but had like pictures and brochures of it uh, I yeah. think they brought one, but they Did were they? like, "Hey, what do you guys think about this?" They were. It was more speculative rather than saying that we're bringing this out. Yeah, whereas in at AIM in Vegas, Suzuki was basically had a little like thing that said, "Hey, if enough people vote to bring it here, we just might." Do you remember that little kiosk junkie where they were like, you know, tell us what you think about the GSXR one two five? Yeah, and I want to say that they actually have it. And just like the Z125, it's just not for this market. 
Well, no, no, they, of course they. No, no, they already had it when we were in Vegas overseas. The little kiosk right. with the tablet was. We're thinking about bringing it here, and they're just right. asking the oh, industry yeah, yeah, yeah. at large: Should it's we just bring ma- it here? Yeah, it's a matter of because Yamaha has Yamaha has an MT125 too, and it's like I asked them about theirs, and everybody's like, "Yeah, it just like they don't think they would sell enough." The Grom already has such a foothold here that even the Z125 Pro has trouble competing, and so they're like, "If a bunch of bikes start flooding the market at 125s, nobody's going to really." We're not going to make make the money, so I don't think we're. Well, apparently, see everyone likes the Rascal even better, so because it's cheaper. I don't know. Phil thinks like he likes it. He likes it better. Like uh, from everything I've heard, I, a lot of people that ride them side by side say that they like them better for whatever reason, even though they make less power. I, I I've read like shootouts where people say the rascal's better than the Grom. Like I, for some reason, there's like a little piece of magic in there. Apparently I don't get it, but whatever. But yeah, uh, man, ZX one, two, five, no, the ZX two, five, like, damn it. This, this should have been best bike in the world. Like for next week. Uh, <laughs> it's a cool bike there, right? I'm, I'm yes, it on. is. I'm super stoked on it too. Oh, there's no way anyone here would pay for it. But no. damn, it's fucking cool. Yeah. Cuz I was just telling an employee of mine who um she's she's 16 and she's fucking tiny and she uh she rides uh, uh dirt dirt bikes and she wants to get into racing 250s and I was like I think you need to bypass that and go straight for 650 twins because you weigh like 90 pounds and you're going to be racing a bunch of dudes that weigh what I do and you'll just destroy like fuck two fifties. <laughs> you need to go straight to six fifties, but, but that just goes to show like there's, there's, there really isn't much two fifty racing left here in the States. Right. I mean, there isn't vintage racing, but not in modern bikes. It's not a thing anymore. No, and that's why the, this bike won't do well here. The well, and the the old two hundred and fifty racing, most of it was two strokes, and they were race only bikes. They were super expensive. They were high maintenance, and it was right. like six hundreds weren't that much faster. So why not just get a fucking six hundred? Right. So, yeah. Uh, exactly. And, I agree. And now, I mean, now the lower class racing is all four hundreds here. Again. And it's a it's a low maintenance, cheap, affordable bike, you know. And for the street market too, I think it's a good way. Um, you know, people are buying for some reason. People are buying those four hundreds because they can also ride them on the street. And I think oh, it's real quick. Seventeen thousand RPM is going to be a little harder. Real quick shout out to uh, our listener. They weren't mentioned by name. But bringing the uh, engine swap to 400 question to Kevin on the latest episode of Brodo GP. Thank you. Oh, no, that was actually me. I caught him live. Oh, <laughs> oh you caught him live? You yeah. did? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was listening to that episode like, oh, shit, one of our listeners like brought that to Kevin. And you, okay, it was you. <laughs> it was totally me. Yeah. Okay, so now I go back to my reality of that just being our little weird fetish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, what if this goes a level deeper where 
Kevin somehow listens to this episode and he's like, Oh, I heard a previous episode of, of Nokomoto and I thought it was one of their listeners. And now I understand that it's Swiggy himself that asked the question. Okay, whatever. Okay, so we need to wrap this episode up because I am now two beers in and like ugh, six shots of Johnny Walker double black in my special Lagavulin glasses, which is a sin. So let's see. I don't know how much time we're at. We're probably getting close to two hours, though. And I'm going to say to everyone who knows what order you heard this episode in. I'll see if I can find a creative way to edit it better, but maybe not. No way, man. The people that wanted to hear the uh, the Harley stuff, they wanted to hear it. I think it's true. Like it is. You know what? You're right. Let's leave it how it is. Okay. So from me, MotoGP, Swiggy, Junkie, and Wigs, we're all going to sign out on this episode. So remember, leave us ratings and reviews for any of the shows on the Moto One Podcast Network. You know, the huge variety there is to choose from. There's the likes of the Nokomoto podcast that you're listening to right now. There's creative writing, and there's also Wiggins Wednesday. It's the same feed. And there's also it's creative Moto writing. Twins. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, Moto Twins has its own feed. Wait, Moto Twins? Yeah, you guys didn't know there's a <laughs> Moto Twins? You did Sakas not tell me about this. Yeah, sorry. There's Moto Twins. Okay, also, so go the ever-expanding faster than I can even keep track of Moto One Podcast Network. <laughs> the hottest motorcycle podcasting network to ever hit the internet. Listen to any of our uh, shows. Yeah. Give us ratings and reviews. It's one big happy family. And with that, we'll remind everyone to stay safe, stay tuned, and keep fighting or fucking the dragon. The dragon. All right, you guys ready to run the outro? Yeah. I know who I am. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta quick keep fucking this dragon real quick. All right, I'm good. Let's go for this. Okay. Hang on, dragon. And I don't wanna die. Just wanna ride on my motorcycle. Mm-hmm, cold. Cold. No hear the music. Yeah, any biscuit. Clap my pickle. All right, that's the show. We did it. Bye. <laughs>